San Antonio. West of what part of Austin? Windsor Park, kind of near Mueller. So yeah. if you're ever around the area, let's grab a tea or coffee or go get our vision yeah. checked. <laughs> go get our vision checked. Yeah, that, that would be a good idea for me, actually. I think it would be that would make it more likely that uh we make time for it. You got you got uh what brought you to Austin? Where are you from originally? Originally from Chicago, Illinois, and always wanted to move. And then when the world kind of shut down, everything that I thought I needed to do in person, I didn't. And so when it came mm -hmm. to community building and business, it was all all able to do virtual. And I would hold a virtual event and get a thousand people attend. And it was just like, okay, <laughs> I think there's a different thing I need to do when it comes to building community and a business. And it doesn't have to take place in Chicago. And so then yeah. Austin for a variety of reasons, but that's why why we moved. Nice. And uh, who are three leaders that that you follow or respect um, or who publish content that you appreciate? Well, my dad doesn't publish content, so I can't, I guess I can't use him <laughs> as an example. Sure. Good, good but, call though. Number one. But when I think about what influences me the most, you know, it's like the experiences I had and then I, my upbringing and I was very lucky to have a very supportive family. Uh, but so from leaders specifically, Marcus Buckingham is a, is a big leader that I look up to Esther Perel, uh, in regards to candor and open and honesty in regards to relationships. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, welcome into Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I'm excited to have Dr. Benjamin Ritter on the show today. Uh, Dr. Ritter is going to be talking to us about leadership and really that the true leadership is self-leadership, learning how to lead ourselves. And if we're all on different spectrums in terms of figuring that process out, most of us know how to get ourselves out of bed. Most of us know how to uh, show up to work and do things like that. But we're going to dive in as deep as possible into some of the more advanced aspects of that, um, which may take us to the fundamentals. We'll see. Um, before we dive in and get Dr. Ritter on, uh, I'd like to do the the show sponsors real quick. Again, these are these are actually services and people that I work with. These aren't people who pay me to be in the sponsorship. They're entities that I know that help visionaries with growth. Um, so we use cold click, for instance, for our LinkedIn automation. It helps make sure that as we get in touch with new people and expand our message and brand, that we don't get shut down in the process. Um, there's all sorts of opportunities to automate what you do and make sure that you not only get in front of as many people as possible, but you also want to make sure that as you use that, you're using it in a way that authentically connects you with people. Um, automation does not have to be about driving things down people's throats as I see it so often. And it doesn't have to be some, I want to say some stupid message that says, Hey, it looks like we're mutually connected to several people. We should talk. Um, that, that line has been so overused. If you find your automation using that, it's time to switch your strategy. There's nothing authentic about, about automating what you don't actually know about people and who you're actually connected with. So with that said, I also recommend tap mental. Uh, David Goodall is a client of ours, and he's also very good at helping people unlock their psychology in order to advance their systems. 
Um, I highly recommend checking out tapmental.io, doing your own research on that, seeing what his case studies look like. If you're in the blue collar space, um, you know, construction, general contracting, things of that nature, he is a breath of fresh air as well as extremely good at what he does. Um, so he's also done some really cool things with me already um, over the last couple of weeks. So that's why I was like, you know what? I got to throw him in the sponsors as well. The Water Project, you'll notice that as well um, in the top right corner. The Water Project is my favorite. Um, I don't want to call it a charity. Uh, I'll call it a solution for people who have needs in the world. Um, we're very lucky. You know, I don't have to think about where to get my water from. Well, but I do want to think about it, I just go right for this bottle. Um, and most of us have the opportunity to access water that easily. But there are communities that do not have clean drinking water, and it affects their education. It affects their ability to raise their families properly. It, it causes death and illness, um, and it breaks my heart. So uh, if I can inspire even just one person on this episode to, to go gift a dollar to those individuals, what's really cool is they will show you the outcome of your results based on that community and that community's efforts to build their sand dam or to build their borehole well and then learn how to maintain it. It's a very, very um, worthwhile cause. If you have a cause that you'd rather see supported, do not hesitate to drop the link in the comments. I'd be happy to take a look at it. We might even put it on the show as well. And you just never know what will happen and what types of good can come from that. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Dr. Ritter on. I'm going to call him Ben because he requested that. He's that cool. He's not a pretentious doctor that that is not approachable and that that makes you just use the the titles. Um, and I'm excited to talk about leadership with him. So Dr. Benjamin Ritter, Ben, thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Jackson, so happy to be here. Thanks. I really appreciate it. When we, I go hiking a lot with my partner and we always like, we listen to my podcast intros a lot because I have some shows as well. And so I was like, hi, I'm Dr. Benjamin Ritter. And we always just make fun of it because it's kind of <laughs> funny. And like, it's, it's your intro. I get it. Like you want to introduce that credibility and have those titles. Has anybody asked you to show their ID to prove you're a doctor? Um, you, you're, you're very young looking. You've maintained your health. Well, what's the yeah, I go doctor, but not a medical doctor. And is it's mostly just wow. correcting people. It's not a PhD. It's an EDD. And it's I don't practice at a hospital, even though I've worked in healthcare for seven years. So mm -hmm. it's more of that. Uh, people actually stopped asking me to show my credentials once I got the doctor. That's actually was one of the reasons why I went back to school to get it. So when I come knocking on the door, when it comes to business or opportunities, people at least look through the peephole or open up the door part way with the chain still on it. It gives you kind of that little instant aspect of yeah. credibility that you need when working with executives and leaders. Of course. Absolutely. Um, how old are you, though? 38. 38. My goodness. Yeah. Lucky man. You got some good genes then um, in that case. All right, my friend. Well, let's dive in. So who should be listening today? Why should they listen to you specifically, Ben? And what are they going to get out of today's show, do you think? Well, I think it kind of depends on the questions that are asked. So, Absolutely. you know, if we start talking about, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, I'll have something to talk about there when I was a kid, but start talking about soccer and nutrition has something to talk about there. We want to talk about self-leadership and leadership and accomplishing your goals and creating clarity and confidence control of your life and greater fulfillment in your career and ultimately your day-to-day -day and your relationships, then we can talk about that too. So what Absolutely. do you want to talk about, Jackson? Well, we're going to go in straight into your vision. Um, and so as we yeah. talk about your vision and the vision for those that you serve, I have a feeling we'll be gravitating towards leadership itself. Um, but I guess the bigger question is, in regards to leadership, um, why should we be listening to you, Ben? 
I think that's something that you have to ask yourself. Right? A lot of people ask, Ben, why, why are you credible? Why should we listen to you? I say, you're here. You're listening already. Take five, 10 minutes. If you don't connect, sign off. But when I talk about leadership and self-leadership, there's one thing that I, that I really focus on that's a little bit different than others. And that's the aspect of self-leadership. And no matter who's in front of you and who supposedly the leader is, you're ultimately making your own decisions and your own choices. And so you need to be accountable and you need to give yourself permission to make decisions that lead you towards the things that you want to achieve in life. And that sometimes means just stopping and ask yourself, what do you want to achieve? And I work with very high powered executive leaders and those individuals very rarely pause and ask themselves, what are they actually working towards? So if you find yourself being reactive and you want to become more proactive and create something different than where you're at, that's why you should listen. I love that. Well, and I love that you also started that by reflecting back to the reality that you respect the listeners as self-leaders, right? They, they need to take the time to figure that out. That's not there's some people who would use that to kind of push people off. Um, but I, I see the value in, in what you just did. So let's dive in first then with, um, you know, as far as your vision, what's your vision for those who you serve? What do you want them to be able to accomplish? My whole mission when it comes to working with leaders and career development is to help people feel like they can actually achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. We are so held in shackles by our beliefs about what work has to be like, what our career has to be like, who we can reach out to, who we can't reach out to, what we can achieve, what we can't achieve. And it's just all of it is a myth. And so how do you want to work? Really, truly ask yourself, how do you want to work? What do you want to be working on? And once we make those decisions and create those commitments, then it's about, okay, let's, let's make that happen. So my whole mission is to deconstruct the limiting beliefs that people have when it comes to work, to think that I'm not good enough. Well, I'll take that away. Who, who said that? And I don't care what you want to achieve. There is a way to get there, honestly. Now we are paid for doing a job. And so there is work involved when it comes to work. That whole saying, find what you love, find what you're passionate about, never work a day in your life. I, it's a whole, <laughs> it's, it's not exactly true. <laughs> I'll tell you okay. that because I love what I do. And there are still days that I don't want to get up and do the things that I do, but I am living intentionally and committed to the fact that I have a business and that I'm on this, this specific path. And I know there are certain levers I have to pull. I don't have to work that long to pull them, but I have to hold myself accountable because if I know if I let those go and I don't do that, then I'm going to have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, well said. So ultimately, yeah. Go ahead. You got an ultimately? I'm excited for it. Uh, ultimately, the name of my company is Live for Yourself Consulting. And because my the whole mission, everything that I'm talking about is truly just creating a life where you're living for yourself, where you understand what your core values are, understand what you stand for, and then being open to curating, crafting paths in a direction that honors that. That means your relationships. That means your work. That means how you treat yourself. And it's ultimately a commitment to living a fulfill, fulfilled life hmm. away from fear away from thinking that it's too risky away from uh, a scarcity mindset and more towards abundance possibilities and optimism and the support for yourself so you can support others i like that even you've unlocked a lot of truths that um one would that would serve somebody well by looking up like you said right and writing down you know journaling what are those things that you want to be doing uh, more of and spending more time on. I also appreciate that you have the balance of recognizing things that people may not want to do. Um, you know, there, there are things that have to be done oftentimes, and we can look at that with a have to, we can look at that with a get to, but at the end of the day, no matter how much I enjoy putting on my socks, 
um, you know, or don't enjoy doing that, it might be a, a relevant step for what I do for my job. Um, so there's all sorts of things that exist like that, no matter what it is that you do in life. Um, let's talk about your vision a little bit. Um, what's your vision for yourself over the next five, 10, 15 years? So my vision on a little post-it note is I am spirit, find the adventure. And that's really it. That means I'm spirit means that I'm fully connected to the world around me and my values. It relates to health and find the adventure means that I always have to show up and create the fun and be proud of my day to day. I and I do that through my work, by the way, I do that through creating and crafting careers that people can love for themselves and helping leaders develop so that they can, so that they can do that for others. But that is one way for me to find the adventure. That is one way for me to feel connected to my spirit. And right now in, in alignment with my value of health, that's where I find fulfillment. I love that. Awesome. So um, when you talk about finding fulfillment and, and uh, looking for that, how do you, how do you, if you have somebody were looking for that answer, how do I find fulfillment? Um, what would you say? Big question. It's a big question. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of it starts with mindset of giving yourself a little bit of grace and understanding that searching for a feeling is, is almost pointless. A feeling is usually it's it can be the, the cause of a situation that you're in, an environment that you're in. It can be the cause could be just neurochemical. Just this is how I feel today. Because you, you could see that by when you take certain substances that give you hits of dopamine and make you feel good, the next day you might not feel that good because your brain's a little bit depleted. So when we talk about finding the fulfillment, understand what that really means. And that, and that means that you're living for yourself, that you're living an aligned life, which if we then break that down even further, it means that you understand your core values, what you stand for, what brings you joy, what helps you feel meaningful. And then when you understand that, aligning your relationships and your goals and your objectives and your day-to-day -day actions to that. So a simple activity that anybody can do is list out the five times in your life you were the happiest, five times in your life where you're the least happy. You can also do that for specific relationships. You can do that for your job and work. And when you identify where you're the happiest, identify where you were the least happiest, you then look at how do these relate to each other? What are the major themes within these specific memories that I have? And then when you figure out those themes, you could start saying, oh, now I understand what actually gives, brings me joy. Now I understand what actually makes me happy. And if, if you pull back on those memories a little bit more and get a little bit deeper and ask yourself to get more specific about those memories, then you find out the specific keywords and phrases that might actually define who you are at your core. And who you are at your core tends to be a cultivation of your experiences from from when work and from family and friends and how you grew up, as well as what you strive for. And that you can have idealistic values, what you really want to become. And when you wow. get those words, sorry, then you can build from that so that you're getting kind of, it's kind of like you're doing a research study on yourself. Dude, I was expecting a mic drop, but then I realized your mic is connected. So you, you can't, um, <laughs> you can't pull that off physically, but that was awesome. So let's break that down a little bit. So you're talking about this, uh, uh, the five, times you're happiest, five times you're least happy, that's intentional journaling. I'm a big fan of journaling. Um, and I'm going to be doing this exercise myself now that you mentioned it, because that's one I haven't done before. I also love that you led with the word grace, um, you know, and, and grace towards oneself. Um, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people really struggle with that concept, um, you know, struggle with the ability to forgive themselves struggle with the ability to realize the power of truly letting go, um, you know, of, of past weaknesses, 
uh, grace for others um, as well can be very difficult. Um, is that a subject you want to dive into or do you want to move forward to your worst business experience ever? Your choice. I think it's important around grace just for a moment because one of the greatest issues people come to me with is I don't know what I want to do and I feel like I'm missing out or I don't know what to choose because I feel like I'm going to be missing out. And when it comes to clarity, truly understanding like what it is that you need to work towards, want to work towards, a lot of the answers come from not knowing, come from actually taking action when you're not 100% sure. It's going towards those sparks that you have identified in your life that might be core values and then leaning into them and getting curious and going to explore them. And too often people are so afraid of making the wrong choice that they actually miss out on actually finding real information. Mm -hmm. And so that grace of I'm going to do something and I'm going to be okay after I do it. That is so crucial to you actually figuring out what you want to do in, in life, in your career. Absolutely. Well said, let's dive right into the darkness at this point. So uh, what, what is your worst business experience ever? Worst business experience. So I've worked nine to five before I've worked in a corporate office, but I'm going to focus more on the entrepreneurial endeavors. And I, I think there, there's two, I'll share one. If you want to go to the second one, we can, uh, it was, it was not actually following through on a business idea that I had. I, it was the first business idea I ever had. I did all the research. I met all the vendors. I created the product. I created the labels. I did all the work and then I got too afraid of doing it. It would, it wouldn't have cost that much money. I could have literally put it out and forgotten about it, but at least I would have followed through. And instead I did something that I, I, ca I can't regret because it led me to where I am today, but I went to grad school. It's like the, one of the things that I never, you know, all these young entrepreneurs that I, that I mentor through organizations like future founders and such, they ask me, should I go back to school to get an MBA? Should I do this? Should I do that? I say, well, take action first, minimum viable product, put it out there, see what happens before you make a two, three year X, you know, number of dollar commitment to something. So what's the, the least you can do to see if something actually is going to work. And I, I didn't follow that advice when I was younger. Mm. I love that. And I appreciate that you, you know, you accept the grace for yourself now and you make, you make great moves with your life. Um, you know, and it kind of reminds me of, you know, like the, the father who's out of the picture for 30 years, then later reconciles, you know, with their son or daughter. Um, and they get to have the relationship that they have now and they should live with that element of grace. But it's also helpful to acknowledge, you know, and, and realize that that they they missed out on, you know, those 30 plus years. That's not something they should live with uh, a lack of self-respect for. But the rest of us, we have the opportunity to kind of see that and learn from that and say, you know what, I can seize the time now while my daughter's 12. Um, and all, all my youngest is too, and therefore utilize that opportunity to, to grow from it. So I appreciate you sharing that um, because there are probably younger people and there's probably people right now who are listening that, that are in the entrepreneur phase. They want to be an entrepreneur and are worried like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I should do this. What, what further advice would you have for somebody that's in that state of mind? So our careers are a culmination of all of our jobs. And if you have varied experiences in your jobs, you're more likely to have a varied career. 
Like for example, I'm now an equity mentor for CPG, like better for you CPG companies. I care about health, I care about nutrition. And so I've found ways to help young founders as well as to earn equity in businesses that I'm really passionate about. I want to see them to excel, excel in the world. If I did not do this second thing, which is when I, I had I had a supplement idea and the same thing happened. I did the research. I got it together. I did. I, it wasn't even aligned with my current career path that I was going on, but I said, I'm going to launch it. If I didn't launch that business, I would not have had as much credibility to go be this equity mentor within the CPG space because I don't have food experience. Yeah, I got a, a minor in nutrition and I'm passionate about it. And I'm this leader coach, et cetera, and working with founders in these areas, but I didn't have direct manufacturing, you know, CPG like uh, I didn't have a resume bullet. Yeah. And if I started did that first company, I would have. But so think about what is it that you can start today, even if it isn't successful, is going to help you later on in life. So in, by definition, it actually ends up being su successful. Is the experience that you're thinking about but worried about going to be valuable in any way, shape or form? If so, and the cost is not going to be extravagant, or you're not going to have these huge consequences afterwards, then what do you have to lose? Now, honestly, a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month? maybe six months that can end up cultivating an entirely incredible career path later on in life. As young entrepreneurs and founders, we think that our time is so valuable, but we end up not actually investing any of our time because we're worried about where we spend it. And so when we're older, all of that, all those experiences add up and accumulate in a way that you can never, ever imagine and are going to be invaluable for entrepreneurs and business owners and executives later on in life. True. Very, very true. Um, let's dive into that second worst business experience. I think we'll have time. Um, so did you, you, it was it was pressing enough to mention or allude to, so I'm excited to hear it. Um, should I be excited to hear it or should I be scared and ready to cry? I hope I hope you're excited to hear everything. That's, okay, good. <laughs> why not? So I, I got into what I do because I realized that I was being reactive in my career and that I was operating through a a frame of reference that you can't actually achieve what you want to achieve in your professional life. I had a lot of career disappointments when I was younger. Everything Around I wanted when was to actually... this? Like, what time frame? How old were you? Uh, this was when this happened. We're talking about like 2015. Okay. So almost 10 years ago. So I was like 29, maybe, I think, or around there. I can't do math at the moment. I, I hear you. So but wait, I was it's good enough. We're working in healthcare for about three, four years. I was out of grad school, you know, MBA, MPH, uh, and had a, had like about a, maybe like five and a half year window after grad school at that point. And I had a business that I founded. It was in dating and relationships, a coaching business, but I founded it because I fell into the industry, was got recruited to go work part time as a coach for a major international company. And then decided that I wanted to add some value to the space. So wrote a book, like built a business. Actually, how I learned to build a service-based business was through this oops experience where I kind of stumbled into it and someone saw me and gave me, gave me the opportunity. Hmm. But that led, that oops experience where I, I said I wanted to give to this space and make sure that I create an impact in this space led to a five and a half year business that I didn't actually really care about. And so the biggest disappointment there is when I decided to shut down my podcast of five and a half years, when I decided to try to get all the articles from like Ask Men and different places to get pulled down, when I really had to just say goodbye to something that I invested a lot of time in because it was not where I wanted to go in my life. It took me a year and a half to rebrand into people around me, in my community, online. 
And that was a, a, a I'd say, a, a, not a, not a regret at all, but a, a poor experience of realizing that I should have stopped halfway. I should have stopped a third of the way and said, do you really care about this? Hmm. Because there, there, there is something to be said about go, go past the six month mark, go past the eight month mark to right. say, is this working? Is this something I care about? Have I got, gotten past the discomfort of doing something new, et cetera? But I knew early on that this wasn't for me. It's, it wasn't where I wanted to take my career. Even if I became incredibly famous in that industry, I would not have wanted to stay in it. And if that's the case, then you've got to stop. You have to just cut ties and start investing in something that's more aligned with who you are. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you figured that out within a five-year period and not a 50-year period. Um, you know, and, and it's hard to do. Um, I, I took a job during COVID um, while everybody came back home and wasn't allowed to go to an office. I was recruited by one of my clients to come in and be the president of their company. Um, and so I actually went to an office for the first time since I was 22 years old. Um, and a, a year later, um, as as things ended um, in not so great fashion, uh, <clears throat> but I was excited to come back to the reality of like, OK, <clears throat> I'm gonna go back online start working with coaches and influencers and people who are doing major things again, that's where I'm happiest. It wasn't until then where I realized how miserable I was during that year. I was making the most of it. You know, I was like figuring out like, okay, I can figure this out. This is going to be, I'm going to run a call center. Great. Awesome. Never done that before. Um, I'm going to learn everything that I can. And mom's going to be happy because she's always wanted me to be an employee. Um, you know, so this is a great opportunity to balance life, grow up a little bit, but I'm really, again, same thing. I, I lost a year, but at the same time, I gained a lot and I was able to escape that. And, and it, it would have been nice if at the six months point, I had had the self-awareness tools to realize like faster, hey, this, this really isn't the path I should be on. Um, would have saved me some headaches. So glad you mentioned that um, as, a, as a reality. You have any other thoughts on that? For people who are stuck, like, all right, I don't know. Maybe they don't think they're stuck. Maybe they're in somebody 20, 25 years. What would you do to assess whether you're stuck or not at that point? If you do your work on your values, you can take those keywords and turn them into an assessment. Mm. Like, for example, health is my number one value. And then you can define that for your work. And then you can score your job based on that value. And you mm. do that for your top five to 10 values and you get a total score. And if you're under 80 out of 100, you got some questions. You got to start doing yeah. some analysis there. That's really cool. I've never done that before. Um, and so again, you've given me a third tool for uh, intentional journaling to, to mess with. And that, that, you know, define your top values, rate yourself on a score of one to a hundred, where are you at versus where you want to be? Um, or, or maybe you make a hundred perfection. I don't know. It's your call, I guess. It's your evaluation. Um, and then guide yourself in healthy fashion to realize what can you do to then take steps to get more aligned with those values. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, let's dive into your business, your best experience and business. What does that look like? It's today. It's literally today. It's talking to you. Because of the and podcast. Yes. yes. <clears throat> no, <Because> <laughs> go ahead, Ben. No, it's, it's just being able to say that I'm doing what I feel is meaningful and impactful to the world, getting consistent feedback from clients around that specifically, tangible as well as you know, qualitative type of feedback, so just verbal as well as they're actually succeeding in life in a variety of ways. And, it, and 
honestly, the other piece I was going to say about how do you know when something's off is what's draining you? Where do you feel exhausted and fatigued? Where do you feel like something's off? What are the holes in your buckets? I don't have any holes in my career bucket. And the best experience of business is realizing that you're doing the thing that you want to do. And when you, when you are feeling bored, because sometimes actually when you get to the place of everything's great, I'm, I strive for novelty and adventure. As I mentioned that in the beginning, you can feel like things are wrong because things are great. And so then you have to understand that that's not because something is wrong. It's because you need, in, in this instance, a little bit of adventure and novelty mm-hmm. and pride. And so then I go off and I go, how am I going to get adventure today? I, I like to ask, actually ask, how can I go above and beyond for one client today? What does that look like? It might me, mean going online, buying them a book about something that they're working on and shipping it to them and surprising them. It might mean writing a, a short postcard or letter to somebody. It might be learning a new assessment. It might be going on a new show like this. Woo. It might be going and meeting someone in person after two and a half years of meeting people virtually. And th- those are the types of things that are why right now is the best experience I have in business. I love that um, for a number of reasons. <clears throat> when we think of service, um, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to think of external service that doesn't have to do with our occupation. Um, you know, and, and some people would even discredit and say, if the service is related to your business, it doesn't count. Um, and honestly, their voice doesn't count. Um, you know, it's, it's your internal voice that can guide this. I would deem that an act of service because as you go above and beyond for that client, you're literally saying like, I'm not getting paid to do this, right? I'm, I'm not doing this for a monetary return. I'm doing this because I want them to feel something. Um, and I, I want to serve them at a greater capacity than my scope of work entails. And that's going to drive what I call clean energy um, into your spirit, into your heart, make you feel more aligned with, uh, the, with the, the journal, the purpose, the values, uh, that you practice in your, in your career, in your, in your choice, in your field of choice, your expertise. I, I absolutely love, I wrote that down too, man. You're going to, you're, you're gonna like change my life in one podcast episode. This is cool. I'm enjoying it. Oh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take a very minuscule sliver of that credit, but if, if it resonates with you, then you're changing your own life. Uh, there the, you go. I am writing my next book right now and I tend to think very much in, I have like an epiphany mindset, meaning I kind of write in one or three liners and I get to the point, I get clear. I want it to maybe sometimes rhyme, maybe not, but it's, it, there, there's something to be said about fortune cookie wisdom, like the, the one to three lines of advice that when you're ready for, it's going to mean something. Right. And then it's important about taking those phrases and saying, okay, then this becomes a journaling prompt. And now I'm going to figure out how to integrate this into my life. Or even if I can't do this yet, what learning opportunities come from this phrase? So if it's something around confidence, what am I doing right now to either learn skills or to reframe my beliefs about myself? I think that's really important. So this, this was a workbook I created when I, when I actually created the live system, L I V E life intentions, values and expectations. It's kind of a six month self-coaching program. If you want to do that for yourself around life and career alignment, the next book that I'm writing is actually taking my podcast, Fearless Fridays, and turning it into a book about how to actually become fearless in your life and at work. Nice. Awesome. So people, yeah, everybody have the opportunity to get the workbook. We'll drop the, the comments as well. Uh, rather, we'll drop the comments. We'll drop the workbook in the comments so that you can access it there. 
Um, I'm going to go back to that. What is draining you concept a little bit. Um, and the, well, the one you mentioned right before talking about how, how can I go above and beyond for the client I'm serving? Um, I definitely had that experience happen about three months ago. Um, we had overextended as a brand a little bit. Um, and as we had overextended, <clears throat> we, we had lots of great people working with us um, and we didn't drive the revenue growth that we wanted to drive in order to get to that next level. And so then it became kind of a burden. Um, and I found myself working with people that I loved, but it wasn't until losing a couple of those individuals, having them move on. Um, and, and really, we frankly, we needed to, to have them move on for the sake of finances, um, where I realized like, whoa, I'm no longer doing things that are making me, me feel good. I, I was kind of carrying the weight of the ship forward, uh, mostly because we needed some of our procedures hammered out and worked on. But it was, it was going to that painful loss um, where I began to realize like that whole process had been draining my energy. Even though I was still doing the thing that I loved, I was bogged down by some of the day-to-day -day minutia of how I was going about doing it. Um, and so it's helpful to, to have that, <clears throat> like you said, that fortune cookie reality of, of like, if we keep these things in our brain of uh, these, let's call them um, remedies um, or tokens, the what's draining me, if you can remember that question, then you can pull on that question anytime you need it. Um, in life where you're starting to feel the symptom of like, oh man, my, my energy is bogging down. So um, again, I, I appreciate that, that reality. I hope you guys that are listening again, write that, that down, that opportunity. Um, we've you shared I, a lot I, powerful. Let, go ahead. I want to respond ahead. to that for one second. <clears throat> I work with clients and they sometimes laugh at the power of post-its and you can totally just ignore something that's on your screen. But there is, we are very, very simple creatures, even that with very complex systems in our brain, you know, in, in our mind. Yeah. We forget things. Yes, we do. So if you want to change something in your life, you just have to remember it. <laughs> and even the things that are most important to you, <laughs> it's so easy to forget. Yeah. And so it literally on the, on the bottom of this post, it, it says emotions are questions. I have be patient, you are spirit, create and find the adventure and emotions are questions. Why? Because we feel things and sometimes we can get wrapped up in those emotions. We need to, we need to realize that they're not facts. They're yes. indicators of something that potentially might be going on. Oh, I think I like this. I'm going to double down on your post-it note strategy a little bit. Um, I created this for my kiddos um, as well as myself. Um, and what it is, is it's got, spiritual, mental, and physical goals. Um, and we write them on our post-it notes so that we can take them off and then put them in a treasure box um, afterwards. And the, the goal, the intent for this, um, I, didn't, I didn't get by it from my other half, by the way, on that. Um, but the goal was I wanted to be able to give these treasure boxes to my kids when they graduate. Um, you know, to take with them and, and have this little list of little diary entries of things that they've accomplished along the way. Um, and so I try to, when they, when they come get back on track with that. Um, but you know, whether you're, whether you're, you've learned to be perfectly consistent or not with these types of practices, just begin where you are right now. That would be my, my invitation for anybody out there listening. It doesn't matter if you failed it at 300 times in a row, the next time might be the time that you actually fully grasp it and, and take advantage of it. So with that little lesson, 
Uh, what's another powerful lesson that you'd like to share with visionaries uh, they can learn from your experience, Ben? Some people may or may not believe in this one. And it goes back to when I mentioned passion and purpose and you still are going to have to work. When I was younger, I mistakenly invested all of my being, literally the things I watched on TV, the books I read, the lack of developing relationships, the time I invested in a purpose. And it was to be a professional athlete. And because it was so imbalanced and no one ever told me, Ben, I think you got the definition of that wrong. I ended up really, really digging myself into a deep hole of not truly understanding who I was and craving, creating all my validation and self-confidence from something that was not giving it to me. Ooh. And as business owners, we get what sports I got to ask. I played soccer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What position? Uh, forward outside mid. Okay. Yeah. I know not a lot of Americans are going to care too much about your position in soccer, but I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It taught me a lot of things. I kind of wonder if I was disciplined or if the sport made me disciplined. And so it's interesting, the mm -hmm. chicken or the egg thing, but <clears throat> overall I learned a very important lesson from that experience. It actually led me down the path to personal development. But when it comes to defining your purpose and as a business owner, a lot of our times our businesses can become our identity. A lot of times when people get wrapped up in their careers, high achievers, their careers can be, become their identity, their job can. And it doesn't take much for something to disappear. It doesn't take much for something not to work out and for you to say, oh, I'm a failure. I'm, I'm a waste. Who am I? All these negative th beliefs that are not true. It's really important to remember that your passion and purpose is something that you created. So I had this idea that soccer was going to be important to me, or I had this idea that this business was going to be important to me. And I invested all of this time and energy and self into it to make sure that it was important to me. Well, guess who created that purpose and who's greater than that purpose and who will always, no matter what, be, uh, I don't like using the word, but be the God of your purpose. It's you. And no matter what you create, you're the one that invests that time. You're always going to be bigger and grander more magnificent and wonderful and powerful than whatever it is that you can create. And please keep that in mind. When something's not working out, it doesn't reflect on you. It just, that's not who you are. It's a component of something that you've created and you can choose to create something different. I believe that was a well-used, <clears throat> very sacred version of using the word God in that reality personally. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of using that word carefully as well. Um, and, uh, you know, if, uh, not not that anybody has to be religious in this regard, but Jesus did say, "Ye are gods." So did uh, Isaiah in the Old Testament. Um, and when you know that, when you understand the definitions of those words, it becomes important and powerful to realize what you're capable of accomplishing in this life. Um, and more importantly, like you're talking about, I would say, is your true identity, right? Knowing your intrinsic value, um, that you are valuable for existing. Um, I'm a big fan of the book. You can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar by David Sandler. And in his it's chapter one, like that's one of my favorite secular chapters ever. Um, and it talks about your identity versus your role and understanding that you, like you said, are, you are valuable irregardless of how well you performed in your role today, yesterday, this year or not, your identity goes beyond that. So, uh, thanks for the reminder on that. Um, if people want to reach out to you and get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, find me on LinkedIn, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. 
and send me a message that you heard me here. I'd love to keep the conversation going. If you want to learn more about coaching services, go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com. You'll also be able to download your free guide, your five secrets to creating a fulfilling career. And please reach out. Uh, there's way too many clients that we have to change the belief of who can I reach out to? When can I reach out to someone? And just literally, if there's someone that you're interested in talking to, send them an email, send them a message. What's the worst that, they, that can happen? I've probably yeah. experienced it. It's it's more likely like, huh, who are you? And that happens probably one out of a thousand times. And even that is like, oh, I'm I'm Ben Ritter. You, you should, we should have a conversation. <laughs> and half the time they go, okay. Yes, especially when you're talking about great leaders. I mean, I think that's a, a really great way to understand who's a great leader and who's not too, is if they are rude to you and they do not want you to reach out to them, they're probably not as good of a leader as you think they are. Um, whereas those who are true leaders in the world, they, they tend to want to mentor. Um, you know, they're, they're happy to find people who are willing to be that bold. Um, so doubling down for another power lesson um, on what Ben just said, you know, your list, you may have been taught in life to create a list of 100 dream clients, right? The 100 people you would absolutely love to get to know and meet. And most people stick that list away in a drawer. And then, you know, someday they'll, they'll come across it again, or maybe a digital archive if you're a bit younger. Um, you know, you might have that online somewhere. But actually taking the time daily to reach out to two, three, two to three of those, maybe five to 10 of those, it's a fantastic practice to make sure that you're, you're preparing yourself to play ball with people that you admire and respect. So well said, Ben. Um, if you want to also leave a comment, a question that you have, feel free to do so. We'll forward those to Ben, make sure that he sees them. Uh, Vision Pros, we're happy to have you listening to the show. If any of you want to share your message, don't hesitate to apply to, to be on our show, to be a guest here. You don't have to be Dr. Ritter um, to be on the show. You don't have to be Bill Gates. Yes, I put them both in the same column just now. Um, you don't have to be Michael Jordan. Um, you, know, you, you can have a local um, impact vision. You can have a worldwide impact vision. So long as you really care about those that you're serving, that's ultimately what our qualification is for having you on the show. And uh, Ben, thank you for, for the way that you care for people and for helping me advance as a, uh, as a host and a leader myself. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you helping other people's vision become more clear to everyone that has their sights on you. So thank you. Absolutely. We'll catch up a little bit after the show. Everybody else, you'll have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an 